Timothy, Paul's systematic plan was, Timothy, you need to be exposing false doctrines and teachers. That's what we just read. But, but the essence of that is that exposing the false means you know the truth. A lot of times I think Christians think that we're all just supposed to be saying, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's bad, that's bad. That's not what Christianity is about. Christianity is about so knowing the truth, so exposed to the truth, that you can, in fact, I'm, I have spent a lifetime collecting all the books in my library, 40, 40, whatever, 100 I'm on now, books. I go to book fairs, I go to book sales, I go to garage sales all the time, and everyone always points out, they say, oh, there's some theological books over there. And I'll go over, and I'll pick one up, and in a matter of seconds, you can tell where the book is theologically. Do you know how? You look at whether they believe in inspiration, whether they believe the Bible is inspired, whether they believe Jesus Christ is divine, whether he is deity, whether he is divinity, whether he is God in human flesh, and whether or not they believe in miracles. I mean, you just read little ways, and they don't believe in Jonah and the whale. They don't believe in the parting of the Red Sea. They don't believe that Jesus fed the 5,000. They just said those are stories. They're not real. They didn't happen. There's not historicity that's reliable in, in the Bible. So you know that's a liberal book. Or you have a conservative book, which means they believe in inspiration, the deity, and they believe in the, the reliability of the history. So what we need to do is we need to, to expose, to know that that's a bad book, Instead of just studying bad books, you need to know what's true. And that's the essence. So let's go. Let me give you a little example of how we do this. Go to the, the Gospel by John with me, chapter 1. The fourth Gospel, John chapter 1, verse 14. Because exposing the faults mean, means knowing the truth. And I want to explain what truth is before we do the discipline. Let's explain what it is, okay? Let's find out what does the Bible say the truth is. And this morning... In, in essence, I want you to know, when you leave, what the truth is. So we'll start in John 1, 14, and this is what it says. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, we know in context and, and from our understanding, the Word there is talking about Jesus Christ. He is the Word. He is God who became flesh. And he lived on earth for 30-plus years. And John is saying, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father. So Jesus is the only begotten Son of God the Father. So he is the second person of the Trinity, God the Son. And then look at the end of verse 14. It describes Jesus Christ this way. He's full of grace and truth. Now, I love that. He's not full of grace. That would have been nice, but if he was full of grace, he would have seen the woman taking adultery and say, that's okay, and his, his talking to her would have ended right there. Because that's what grace does. Go, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, that's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But it doesn't say he's just full of grace. It says he's full of grace and what? Truth. Now, there's some people who are full of truth. Bad, 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 bad. There's no grace, just truth. The other people, just grace, no truth. Or it's suppressed. And, and, and see, Christianity has gone back and forth, like pendularly between grace and truth, you know? And kind of the truth was in the Puritan times, and everybody was wearing black and nobody smiled, you know? And, and then there's the, you know, kind of now, everyone smiles and there's no boundaries at all. Everything's okay. It's all, you know. Jesus was full of both. And so when he looked at the woman taken in adultery in John chapter 8, he said, I don't condemn you. That's grace. 
and he said, go and sin no more. That's truth. You see? He's full of both. But it doesn't stop there. Look at chapter 4. He, he starts applying this. Keep going to chapter 4, verse 23. Jesus Christ, as he's speaking, the context of chapter 4 is a personal evangelism moment with Jesus, the woman at the well. And, uh, you know, she was a Samaritan. And you've all heard the story of the good Samaritan in Luke. Well, this is the bad Samaritan, okay? This is a bad woman. She's lived with five men, been married to some of them, and currently not married to the... I mean, she was a moral derelict. And she meets Jesus. And they start having a conversation, and it, it moves to her religion, the ecstatic Mount Gerizim which is still going on today. Uh, they still do what they did back then, and, and it's a, still a, a viable religion. And so Jesus says, oh, you want to know about religion? Look at verse 23. Um, and, and he actually starts earlier, but I don't want to get stuck here. So verse 23, the hour is coming, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And he was kind of implying she was not a true worshiper, and she wasn't correctly worshiping God. And then he says, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship. And notice there is this, again, a, a nice stereo quality here, a nice two-part quality. There is spirit in worship, and, and the Gerizimites, by the way, were very spirited, the Samaritans. They were loud and jumping and excited, but they just were neglecting the truth. The truth said that was supposed to be done in Jerusalem, and it was supposed to be done the way that the Bible said, but they did it without the truth. Boy, isn't that what's going on all over the world in the name of Christianity today? People are ecstatically doing all kinds of stuff and don't even know what they're doing. The Bible says it's wrong. So Jesus said, true worship that gets to God has to be in the Spirit, and he's implying not just enthusiastic, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. And whenever it's true worship that the Spirit prompts, it will correspond with the truth. And so Jesus explained to her, truth is central. He, his grace is understood by balancing it with truth. Worship is understood by balancing it with truth. 